The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Good morning, Matt Waldman. It is the Monday after, and by the Monday after, I mean the Monday after the release of the Rookie Scouting Portfolio, which came out on Saturday, April 1st. It's not an April Fool's joke, people. It's a real thing. You should go look at it. Matt, how'd everything go? Man, it went very, very well. Appreciative to everybody who uh, who listens to this show, who who purchased and subscribed, and all the repeat subscribers. And it's But it's always fun seeing the first-time subscribers get it and post on Twitter or email me and they're like, I had no idea. And I'm like, well, pleasantly shocking readers wasn't just some bullshit buzz, you, you know, hype type of thing. I try to, I try to tell the truth. So that's where we I go. like, you know, and uh, I'm on page 1162, so I'm not quite done yet. I still have a page to go. I only had a weekend. It's, you know, I had other things to do too. So, um, but, but yes, uh, so I'm no longer pleasantly surprised by it. I have huge expectations expectations uh and uh, never disappointed so uh this will be a special uh rsp edition of feel it or fuck it and uh and i'm gonna let mr matt waldman uh tell us all about some of the key rookies of interest here some people that you'll be reading about in the rookie scouting portfolio we'll start with like recent mock drafts have uh, a sudden uh hendon hooker uh ring to them and i think it, it really came on when uh was it mike tannenbaum on the 33rd team or whatever you know kind of said maybe seattle takes him with that fifth pick, and everyone went, what? You know, he, Daniel Jeremiah mocked him at, I think, uh, you know, a little later, but in the first round as well. Maybe in Minnesota, I guess it was. Anyway, Hendon Hooker is an early-round prospect. I, I'm not feeling that, you know, but I am feeling him as a – I'm feeling him as kind of a, a, a journeyman who might be able to become a second contract starter if things really go right for him. But I, I think a lot of this is – when you look at Hendon Hooker, he's got the big arm. He has athletic ability in terms of that he can run fast in a straight line. He's big. Um, he played in an offense where he had – he's played in two different offenses, but he played in one where you saw you know strong statistical production. He's got a good vertical game. But the thing that holds him back to me is that, one, athletically, he's he's more in that Robert Griffin, Marcus Mariota realm, which is – not really dynamic moving side to side with bend and 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 really that kind of um you know mobility that you really want to see on top of that his vertical game against man to man he can be a beater too late with recognizing when he should get that ball out um he seems to be a beater too late with any type of coverage or reading leverage where the defenders are playing over the top of the receiver when they're even with the receiver he's pretty good there but so i think there's skills for him to build on but to say that he will be ready in a year and you're investing a year in advance because he has a as an acl tear i, I think that's a little too ambitious for the offense he played in um the skills that he showed and what he still needs to learn uh, so, and, and like, I've kind of been a little skeptical. I did, uh, you know, have jumped on him earlier in some Superflex mocks just for the reason that, you know, when the once the buzz starts, you know, the, the buzz kind of cascades, right? So 
we'll see where this ends up. Um, Michael Mayer has been, you know, widely viewed or was widely viewed as the top tight end in the class. I think the dynamic is changing a little bit for him. Are you feeling him, uh, the Notre Dame tight end, as the top pick in the class? I, you know, it's funny. If you looked at the past three to four classes, he'd be in the top three on my board in any of those classes except for this one. Um, so it just tells you how strong this tight end class is. Um, but no, nah, I'm not feeling it. You know, it's fuck it on that because with Mayer, he's, you know, he's the type of player where he could have a path to strong fantasy value. But that path is very specific, and that means that he's going to land in an offense where the quarterback makes trust throws and that they're going to use him in the red zone man-to-man or try and use him on um, a lot of zone plays where they can throw him open. But he's not a Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller type of player where he's going to win one-on-one in man coverage in the intermediate and vertical ranges of the field or get a lot of yards after the catch. He's more of a, uh, you know, he's a good blocker. He's a good zone receiver. He's going to make tough plays, but that's more Pat Fryermuth, Hunter Henry, you know, Austin Hooper on the lower end with those types of players. And so, you know, if you're looking for players in this class who have that man, you know, man-to-man upside who can face cornerbacks and safeties all day long anywhere on the field, he's not going to be among your top five tight ends that you're going to be looking at with that upside. But I think at the same time, we should recognize that he's a starter. He he has starter potential. He's probably going to have early playing time and he's probably going to play well enough. And if you're looking for a guy who can give you that seven to 10 range of tight end one, you know, or seven to 12 range of tight end one for multiple years. I think he has that in him. All right. So let's say a team like Miami who, you know, let their top tight end go, but, but they're looking for a, you know, an inline guy, a good blocker, and maybe they don't want to pay up for one would maybe, maybe a kind of guy that might suit them. It's funny. I'm going to be doing a show with Travis Wingfield today over in, in Miami. And we're going to be talking about tight ends and, and he's a, and you're right on the, you, you've got that nailed. I think that he's a very good fit because <clears throat> I think he'll eventually be an upgrade as a blocker to Mike Jacecki. And while he may not be the athlete Jacecki was on paper, I think he uses his athletic ability a little, a little better. So he could be a slight upgrade to what Jacecki provides as a receiver and a bigger upgrade as a blocker. Uh, Zach Kuntz, a developmental project at the position. He is. I'm feeling that only because, only if the, the, that the analytics hype on him doesn't go too far. If they, if it starts to have that cascade effect with like, with Hooker, you know, a quarterback where the people are rating him. If, if Zach Kuntz winds his way up being like a, a first, second, or even a third round guy, I, I would probably be suspect of that just because his hands are rough. Like he, he'll make all the good plays that you want to see with good technique, but it's bookended by just lapses. Like not like focus drops, just like 
His hands aren't in the right position. He claps onto the ball. He makes drops that you really don't need to see. And while he has these great athletic capabilities, I mean, when you look at his metrics, the thing that's exciting about him is that if you look at a player like Andre Iosivas, the wide receiver out of Princeton, who many are comparing to Princeton, uh, to Chris Watson, or uh, not Chris Watson, um, the, the Watson kid out of uh, Christian Watson, Christian Watson, athletically um Kuntz has him beat in almost every category and he's 50 pounds heavier um you, you know so and four, three to four inches taller so it's amazing but it just doesn't show up on the field as a route runner just yet but i i see where the upside is so if you can get him in the fourth you know fourth to seventh rounds and the team takes a chance there and gives him a couple of years maybe you can get the get the hands together so i'm definitely feeling him as a project Right. So, just you know, in general, this tight end class, how many how many starting caliber tight ends do you see in this class? <laughs> I have eight right now who I feel like are I think that's how many I'm looking at here. Yeah, there's there's really seven. Let's see. Come in, let me make sure I'm looking at the looking at the right thing here. I'm going to look it up. Um uh, yeah, there's there's eight there's there's probably eight that I think can really be um good starters and there may be even another four to five who right. could eventually get there and be like um you know at least in what isaiah likely did last year that people think he's going to build on where right. you get that guy who's situational and with the right team you're like he's not an all-around player but he's going to get me 800 yards receiving two to three times during his career the tldr on this is yes Yes, There's yes. a lot of tight ends in this draft class. Let's uh, let's jump ahead. Um, Jonathan Mingo, a future starter, the Ole Miss wide receiver. Yeah, I think this this wide receiver class is wacky. So it is. It, you know, so I think you know, in my eight to sixteen range, there's a lot of players in that range who could be better than the guys in the top eight if they get their stuff together. But a lot of them are going to have landmines under their feet, and they're their careers I think are going to blow up in a bad way if they can't get it addressed. But one of those guys who's in that eight to 12 tier who I'm looking at and going, well, he might not be rated as highly as say a Quentin Johnston, but if Quentin Johnston doesn't get his, his shit together in terms of catching the football, um, I think Jonathan Mingo could be that guy stand, you know, standing in the empty field. That's been, that the mines kind of blew up without a scratch on him. He's a, what I like about him is that he has he runs his routes at full speed. You don't see that often with young prospects. So he can he's very good at attacking with the routes that he knows. Um, he has potential to be able to run all the routes that you want to see from a from a receiver and doing it with good size. He uses his length well. He's going to run through you. He's going to be able to run around you a fair bit. There's a there's a chance that you can look at him and say his upside is a mix between A.J. Brown and Anquan Bolden. Ooh, ooh, you said Anquan Bolden. I got excited. Um, <laughs> Josh Downs, the Tar Heel. Uh, is he a top 20 fantasy starter at that position? No, I think he's getting the hype that, and I know a lot of people love him, and maybe I missed something, but I've, from what I've seen, 
he reminds me more of Jamison Crowder. And Jamison Crowder was seen in a similar mm-hmm. light where people were excited about him. I remember Mike, Mike Mayock was all over Jamison Crowder. He could become more than just this like slot receiver. He's got a little bit more outside receiver to his game, and he did. But he was never going to be a top 15 fantasy producer. Um, just not that dynamic. And I look at... Um, I look at Josh Downs and I think he's like the he's the North Carolina Tar Heels version of the Duke Blue Devil, you know, Jamison Crowder, which in my household means that he's automatically better. Um, thanks to Mrs. RSP, who's a, a big Tar Heels fan. But, you know, to me, it's tomato, tomato. Um, you know, she's in her office right now, so she can't hear me um, ah. talking smack. But I'm sure that I'm sure that her radar will go off if I'm talking something about uh, Tar Heels right now. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's look at the 49ers, the Charlotte 49ers. Uh, Grant DuBose, is this guy a sleeper? Is it like, you know, we see all these plays. Some of these guys we've mentioned that they just seem to be gaining a little run as we head into the draft that's going to maybe propel them a little higher. Is DuBose one of those guys we might start hearing more about? We might. I don't think he has the speed that's going to excite a lot of people. Um, he's at 4.5, you know, 4.57, which isn't really. Um, you know, people are looking for four four at a minimum, but they're looking for four four for like primary receivers. If you can run under four six and be a flanker in this league, and you've got good quickness um, and and good acceleration to get on top of players early, he's got starter level starter level acceleration, um, good change of direction. He's strong, really reliable as a pass catcher, and he's he really runs routes um reasonably well he was he almost came out for the draft last year um so when you i think dubose is one of those guys that also in that second tier who could wind up surviving the whole apocalypse of types of catching you know i just startled my dog uh, ah. below me um but he'll he'll de- he'll deal with it he he now he's someone that clap catches himself so we gotta we gotta work on that all right, Keon Harris, while well, we're in the small school world, Oklahoma Baptist University running back, uh, is he, a, is he a, a, a real sleeper? I think he is from the um, because he has terrific body control to adjust to the football. He dominated the Tropical Bowl, which, again, he's not facing Senior Bowl-level prospects, but he's still getting a little bit of a jump in competition um, facing players that – shows that the athletic ability is there. And that's the biggest question is, is does the athletic ability enough for him to span that gap to get to the NFL when you're playing at Oklahoma Baptist? It's hard to really um, gauge that all the time, but he's a, seems to be a, a smart route runner, good release skills, quick feet, um, efficient, you know, being able to move the ball downfield. Not a big fella. Not a big fella. More of a slot receiver. But I think he's... I think he's more if his if his athletic ability hits the way that we think it could, and the way he catches the ball, maybe he's he could be the 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 version of player that people are imagining when they see Josh Downs right now, you know. And but you know we'll see. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one to that's a tough one to say. Obviously, I have Josh Downs rated over him because um, Josh Downs is more proven in terms of what he can do against NFL caliber athletes. Uh, Louisville's Tyon Evans coming out early. Is he overlooked because of that? 
Yeah, probably, and that he transferred, and yeah, that he true. came from a community college. On top of that, so his production isn't, um, you know, at the highest levels, and that gets people concerned. But when you look at him physically and also skills wise, you know, on one end, the highest end player probably on that comparison spectrum is Ray Rice, built low to the ground, um, strong, someone who was an excellent um, decision maker between the tackles, who could catch and um you know really could move the chains for a team and then break some plays and be a high volume runner and then then there's a guy similar in that respect but just couldn't catch the ball as well and travis henry if you remember travis henry back in the day and i know you do so you and i were you know looking at at, at that type of a player well Deion evans to me it physically is in between those two guys i think he's a little more explosive than travis henry was um, more on the level of Ray Rice, um, maybe a little bigger than both those guys, um, has some c- potential to catch the football well, good footwork. Um, he's just he's just one of those players that he, he, he probably transferred away from Tennessee at the wrong time, you know, and Tennessee, you know, in that offense that they had last year. But still, you know, breakaway ability, can run for tough yardage. Um, I think that over the course of time, he has the potential to develop into a lead back. And I just don't hear many people talk about him. I hear a lot of people talking about Sean Tucker. Uh, It's not all good. Is he better than the bus? I think he is. I think he's, I mean, his explosion is so notable when you watch him accelerate to full speed. I don't know if there's another player in this class whose acceleration to that second gear is as um, notable as his. And I know that there's guys who are quicker, faster on tape, but like, I mean, on, you know, at the combine and things like that. But from what I saw on tape, the way he did that was, was kind of breathtaking. And he's a good cutback runner. He, he tends to have a good idea of when to bounce plays offside. His receiving has to get a little bit better. Pass protection can, he needs to improve a little bit, but overall, I think we're. I think Sean Tucker's one of those players that, in a couple of years, we're going to look back and go, we, you know, collectively as a group, we just underrated this guy, and he's going to wind up being a a good lead back in the in the NFL. I don't, you know, Tony Pollard. I remember watching him at Memphis, and I don't think, you know, I don't think um, Sean Tucker showed any less than what Tony Pollard showed, um, you know, at, at Memphis. In fact, I thought Sean Tucker showed a little more. All right, then uh, how about you? Yeah, one for the all-name team, I believe, in this year's draft for sure. Uh, tank Bigsby, uh, he's a big tank. Yeah. Uh, is he a future starter, the Auburn uh, running back? I think there's a chance that can happen, but I feel like the buzz on him is a little bigger than it should be. I wanted to like Tank Bigsby a lot. Maybe it is because of the name, you know, but he's he certainly can run a variety of blocking schemes. They use him on a lot of gap plays to work outside on the perimeter. He's improved his speed and, ex- and his explosion, but he gets a little impatient when things don't work out well based on, you know, maybe the the opposing team was able to fill gaps well and to contain the the play and he starts trying to to bounce everything outside that he shouldn't um i don't think he has great footwork he's someone that when he tries to be creative with his feet he tends to slip he tends to have some issues um 
I see him more as a Daryl Williams type of back and roll, not in terms of like what they do. Um, Williams actually has better feet, um, but the as that guy who comes in as the third back who can give you production in uh, specific roles for a team, and then maybe if he improves on some of the things that I that I've mentioned, maybe he can become a um, lead back in a committee at some point but i see him as more of a contributor than the guy <clears throat> while we're on the great name train here stetson bennett uh the georgia quarterback he's done some junior college time right he's done his community college work huh where's he at yeah he's a cinderella story obviously starts at georgia leaves georgia you know comes back to georgia and winds up winning two national championships um and when you watch him you think oh he's just like all these other georgia quarterbacks jake from eric zire all the you know guys uh, from the i know a long time ago it. you know guys from the past who who are just kind of average in size they don't have big arms they're they're savvy but maybe not quite good enough to be starters in the nfl and he could very well be that guy but there's his arm is stronger than people think he's he has the quickness and, and acceleration of a slot receiver he's someone that really has a good feel for being able to throw the ball um down the field he's he moves well in the pocket there there are just little things and tweaks in terms of different coverage types that he sometimes has errors with. But I think in a couple of years, we're going to be looking at him and, and thinking, wow, that's, um, you know, there were some better prospects in terms of physically, they matched that robo quarterback aesthetic that the NFL is looking for and go, we'll just, we'll, uh, you know, we'll add the water and the water is intuitive ability, quick, you know, confidence and identification to action, quick processing we'll you know we'll give them time to season for them to do that and that's that never happens um Stetson Bennett has that stuff what he doesn't have is the the size that's going to give him the early draft capital so I I like him as a sleeper and if I'm looking at quarterbacks after the top three which to me are got you know that combination of you know the obvious three Richardson and Stroud and 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 Bryce Young to me, I just wait until you know where your ADP is at. If you want to take a chance on a quarterback to sit on for a few years and know that it's a low end investment with, you know, with low risk, Stetson Bennett to me is that guy. Size matters. Will Levis thinks he's got your beat. I don't know. So did Brady but, Quinn. All right, <laughs> fair enough. Fair <laughs> point. So that being the case, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. I'll call him DTR. It's easier for me to say one thing instead of three. Uh, the UCLA Bruins quarterback uh, is he more appealing than Will Levis? But see, as someone who articulates, I think DTR isn't that much different than well, maybe it is. But uh, you know, I'd rather you can't slur that name. But uh, I do like him more than <laughs> than uh, than. Uh, I can Richardson. Yeah, we, hey, look, if we go back behind you and 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 have a couple, we could probably be slurring a lot of names. But uh but I would say that Doran Thompson Robinson, he's better in loose pockets than he is in tight pockets right now. He there's a lot about his game that reminds me of Lamar Jackson in the sense that um he can he he does a good job in the middle of the field throwing the football. Um, he has a, I think he has a stronger arm than Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't think that he moves around the pocket as well as Lamar Jackson and sees the field as well just yet. But there's promise in him to do that. 
Um, he's a type of player, though, that because of his athletic ability and the playmaking that's going to happen is once he starts to develop and gets an opportunity to play on, um, you know, in relief of somebody due to an injury or, or whatever, you're going to have people clamoring for him to be the starter because he's going to make these creative plays only to realize that, you know, maybe in that limited time is where he looks his best. And when defenses get a chance to really kind of hone in on his weaknesses, he's not going to be able to overcome them as well. But I think he can be a good backup in this league who can give you some compelling starts. And when there's good matchups against defenses that aren't able to pin him down in certain areas where his flaws are, he, he can be play winning football. That's fantastic stuff. You'll get more of this stuff, people, if you get the rookie scouting portfolio. I'm feeling it, feeling like I have one more page to go. Probably the best page of them all. Um, they're all great pages. You should go check that out. Matt, tell them how to buy it. Yep, mattwaldman.com, $21.95. Um, you'll create a login and a password, and uh, you will then be able to download it from there. You'll get a, the post draft. I'll email you when it's ready. I'll also email you newsletter. Up to, yeah, everybody loves the post draft, man. And it's so funny. The post draft's what everybody loves first because um, you get the cheat sheet with the with the uh, with the tiers and this whole X value of where to where to get these guys based on difference <laughs> oh, between my rankings well, and that. Just to, to be clear, though, I mean, like if you're like me and you're watching football, NFL football during the season, and you don't have time to study these players and you want to be familiar with them heading into the draft. There's no better way to get ahead of that curve or to at least make up that ground than the full RSP. There is more information there than you will be able to shake yeah. your small sticks at. And uh, and uh, and you'll enjoy doing it while you do it. I've yeah. learned a lot every year. This, this is how I catch up. Like, you know, this is part of a, part of my job is knowing what the rookies are. This is this is how I get there. The rookie scouting portfolio. I, I could not recommend it more highly uh, any more than I could more highly recommend Matt Waldman. Uh, so let's go do some real work next week. We'll come back. Maybe have some more things. I, I have some topics at hand, but there was nothing uh, really newsy uh, driving the things today. So good to look at these rookies and get a feel for that. Yeah, and I fun. am feeling it. The RSP. You will Very too, cool. people. Well, I appreciate right, it. Love you. Folks. Goodbye. See you. Love you. Bye. Uh.